it's lights out, and away we go. Welcome to an American's Guide to Formula One. Now let's start the show. Let's start the show in what is the season ender. So this will be our last race recap of the 2022 Formula One season. Uh, We're back. I'm Andy Lewis, and I'm joined right next to me via in-person with Papa Tisaus, a.k.a. Tim Lewis. What's up, Dan? Well, just having a groovy time. Yeah, man. It's good to... Good to be hanging in person and not having to be on the phone. I know it's going to sound a lot better for everybody listening. Thanks for listening preemptively this time. And a little bit of holiday funsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Together with all of us. Uh, Me and my wife celebrated our nine-year wedding anniversary, and we were over here, and we stopped and had Thanksgiving with the folks, and thought we'd I thought I'd bring the podcast stuff so we could do it in person. Yowza. Yowza. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in in our normal um, post-race recap uh, style where we're just going to go down through the finishing order of the Grand Prix and give you our commentary and and our insights of what we've, what we've unearthed. Earthed. Uh, so starting right at the top, as everybody is well accustomed to this season, Max Verstappen. And uh, I would say this was probably one of, if not his most commanding victories all season. From a long list of commanding victories. It sounded, when you listen to him on the radio, I don't think he was breathing hard. Yeah, I I mean, and I think uh, Brundle said it it was very Schumacher-esque of a drive Mm. um, from, from Max where it just seemed... Effortless, and I feel like there's been a, m- a multitude of moments this season where Brundle and some people have have made that comparison that n- not only is Max good, he's so good he makes it look easy. Yeah, um, I, yeah. Like he was, we were watching the Julian Palmer uh, race recap last night, and Palmer brought it up that he was definitely. Not pushing. He showed the telemetry. He showed oh, speed trap data, yeah. and and that's Peter Windsor. Peter Windsor, sorry. Um, and the for the really chief example of is the the final speed trap on the final lap. Max's speed was three hundred and two kilometers, and Checo's was three ten. So there was plenty left for Max to have turned up, but being on that one stop strategy. Um, definitely was managing pace and still eked out eight seconds over Leclerc. Yeah, darn near eight seconds. Um, and so I mean, we rag on Max plenty. Um, it was almost nine seconds actually. Yeah. Um, but there's no arguing with the season that Max has put together. It's very reminiscent of the 2020 Mercedes Hamilton season where it was decided long ago. There wasn't really a fight there at all other than from the teammate and then that fell apart and it but it does also show what what it takes to be a max Verstappen to be a lewis hamilton um and that's um you know that that good isn't good enough it's it's everything it's um 
win every race, dominate when I don't need to dominate. It, it's, you can't you can't you can't turn it off and on. It's it's always there, and he's he's shown that, and he's you know smashed another record. Um. And and I think I think with winning that fifteenth race, that that I would have to do that. We'd have to do the math percentages. I should have done it before we started, but I think that puts him ahead of Schumacher. That I mean, well, I mean, it's I mean, thirteen is well, Schumacher's and it's fifteen, so he's clearly ahead. But yeah. I mean, that that all important race percentage. So it's like he broke his previously broken win per season record. Yeah, record. What do you What do you want to say about Max that we haven't said? Oh, I mean, it was. I mean, I just the just the ease at which it all came out. I mean, it was just really nothing to. It was, if you just were following Max, it was kind of boring. Fortunately, we had some good, um, you know, mid-level uh, racing going on behind him, but it was just kind of not too eventful as far as anything that Max had to do or that he wanted to do. I mean, he, I think the radio was pretty quiet. It was just the car was hooked up. He was tuned in, and it was pretty straightforward there. Clearly the fastest car um, for that race. Although when we were watching the Peter Windsor, it also showed he, he had an analysis between um, Max and Leclerc. And they did put up almost identical sector times, which, again, shows that Max was in tire management mode, that they were really concerned with tire dig um, at this at this track, mm. and they were really wanted to make that one-stop strategy work. I think they were very unclear with what strategy that they were going to run. A lot of teams were unclear with what strategy they were going to run, it being uh, an unclear kind of strategy track and how how hit or miss the tire dig would be that it was kind of an unfolding thing. And you saw that, you know, even I think especially with the Red Bull Ferrari battle for the front, it was at one point they, they just told Leclerc to do whatever Perez doesn't do, which does happen often, but it just, it just shows you that they could have really gone either way with the two stopping or the one stopping. Um, but, you know, fair is fair. Congratulations to Max on a truly dominating record smashing season that he he put together um i just think he could have done it in a in a nicer way <laughs> in some instances but we've we've kicked that horse yeah. and um and yeah we can we can move on um to charles leclerc uh really great drive i think today was a really good day for or today the abu dhabi grand prix was a, a good final uh season ender for ferrari um from the the I would say overall not a great season that they had like a very disappointing season for Ferrari but I think um they held on to their P2 uh in the constructors title uh Leclerc held on to his P2 in the drivers championship so and I think that I mean that was their their target they as much as I mean I mean I think their target would have been winning but I think they're pretty quick to to settle everybody down so it doesn't look as bad <laughs> for 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 how their their total season finished but um they said P2 was their was their target goal for this season um 
but I, everybody, we all know, we all know that they could have won or they could have been at least much closer to winning um, without some some key areas uh, or key errors um, this season. Yeah. I, I think Leclerc, all in out, out and out, drove a, 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 a decent season minus some of his big errors. Uh, we, we look back to France, obviously, but um, I think this race was great. I think Leclerc on, on Leclerc's form and showing what he is capable with. Uh, Ferrari shows up with a good car and and a, and a decent strategy, a good strategy. Um, well, and consistency that uh, between him and Signs, it um, looks like kind of a nice way to leave off the 2022 season with uh, some degree of hope of further improvement in their pace. Much um, more positive taste in the mouth right. than, let's say, Mercedes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, Leclerc, a great race. P2 held on to his um, his important or less important, I don't know. I think it was one of the things we were all looking at was who was going to take P2 because that was the at least one thing that was close <laughs> to coming down to um, um, the end of the season here. But uh, Leclerc did retain that, and I think I think uh, it was um, Crofty may have made a, the point uh, when I was watching the race that it may be why both Checo and Leclerc were so insistent on those points is a it's a nice little capstone uh for their season but it also probably there's probably some bonus money um in their contracts for coming in p2 versus p3 um it probably would unlock some sort of bonus money for them um so if that is the case leclerc held on to that i think it i, I think it's uh it would have been more important for Checo, like it's a it's a worse look for Checo to come in third than it is for um, Leclerc to have come in third, because when you look at the amount of points scored by Red Bull, if we just go, you know, like how dominant um, they were. Let's see, seven hundred and seventy nine points to five hundred and fifty four points for Ferrari. Um, it, it it's better that Leclerc split the Red Bulls, I think, than, you know, like it's more of a win for for Leclerc than it, and it's more of a loss for Perez. Perez should have come in second in the Drivers' Championship with the car that he had. They had pretty consecutively, especially the last half of the the season, they had the faster car. Right, and well, the and and talk about. I don't know. You just had a real good, but it's a feel good kind of thing that if uh, Perez would have been able to slip into second there and kind of tidied up uh, to have one, two for drivers, number one for constructor uh, engine. Perez is just, I think there's a lot of reasons why Max had it so easy is because Perez is so good. I think Perez a wingman. play like is a is a fantastic wingman, and I think he's we're really seeing that that is his role. I think there was a couple of moments where we had our hope up um, that 
he might not be having to play that, but I don't think his con- his consistency, you know, we, we saw some peaks for Perez, but I think some of those were circumstantial based on, you know, we think about Monaco, that he binned it, and maybe as we were coming to find out intentionally <laughs> to keep him that to keep him on pole for that and give him that win. But he does have he does have two two wins, three wins to his this season. Um but I think and I, I think you would have to score his overall season as a failure by not coming in P two. I think that there were some things that the team could have given him. I he did have a much more he had a lot more unreliability issues than Max did. Um That's kind of the way it was last year too, wasn't it? Wasn't he didn't he have It seems it seems the the, the second Red Bull car yeah. does seem to have more issues than the than the than Max's car. Um I know that that was a big reason that Ricardo ended up leaving the team and we'll we'll come on to the news about Ricardo that I'm sure a lot of you have heard by now but um that um that was a big big catalyst for him leaving for Renault early on and yeah uh was that he would I think there was a, a seven races in the last season that he was there that Ricardo didn't finish um there was a lot but I think yeah. I, I do want to talk about Perez's race at this particular Abu Dhabi race because I think that Red Bull could have won it. I think, or or he could have passed Leclerc and t- and and taken the P two. Um, the the two chief points that stopped that from happening was I think the strategy. I think they got it right to an effect, but then two would have been Hamilton because Hamilton cost. I think uh, Peter Windsor said this as well is that. Um, Hamilton cost him about 10 seconds again, like that battle. Like it was the opposite of last year mm-hmm. where Hamilton was on the charge uh, or, or yeah, Hamilton was on the charge away from Max last year. And this year it was Perez that was trying to come back. And Hamilton said, absolutely not. But, yeah. Um, which gave us some phenomenal racing. Um, but my other point, and you and I talked about this and we'd like to get into it on the podcast here now is, um, I, I think that I do, I'm I'm left questioning why Red Bull didn't put Checo on the on the mediums. They went he they started on the mediums and they went hard hard. And if you're gonna two stop, I don't know why. Why you wouldn't give the two stop driver, aka Checo in this situation, who's chasing Leclerc, the one stop who's on the hard, why if you just did the hard and you did have data from the medium, why wouldn't you put him on the medium for a second tire? There there must have been some information there that that we uh, don't have uh, that would have made it clearer for us to think. But when you're on the surface, you would think that uh, car being lighter, uh, temperatures being cooler, um, Checo kind of known for tire help management. tire management that he would have been put on the mediums unless for some reason the hards were faster than the mediums. And I just don't, rem- but I don't remember anybody saying anything about that during qualifying uh, or during the race. Well, these were the C1, 2, and 3 compounds. So it's the three softest compounds that Pirelli has. But I do believe from off memory that they they pitted Checo on lap 17 
So he, we know for a fact, we know that his the, the medium's on full fuel load. Again, 110 kilograms. Mm-hmm. And I think they lose, what, as a kilo every lap, roughly? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then and then his second pit stop, I want to say, was, was I, I don't remember exactly what it is, but it, I know for a fact that I remember this, 25 laps. So it would have been 58 minus 25. That's what lap he pitted on. You guys can do the math. Um. And I know I want to say that it was, it was some other team. I want I want to say it was one of the Aston Martins, either Stroll or Vettel, did twenty five laps on the mediums. So they know, like I I just don't understand why they. I mean, they must. I I know that they were concerned with tired egg. Like like they must. That that's what they, what they said because there was that radio call from Max toward the end of the race where he said. Tell Checo to go flat out. To the hards will make it. I just find it's 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 a puzzle. It was a puzzler to me during the race, and it's still a puzzler to me now that the day would have been that bad on the hard tires that they were concerned that the hard tire wouldn't make it twenty five laps. But apparently, Dig was significant. But I just wished I would. I, I I mean, what's what's the loss to throw him on? on the mediums and give him the tire offset advantage. Well, would he be all that far off? I mean, what was his risk of losing third place to? No, there was, I mean, it was absolutely no risk. Yeah. Um, so even if he fell back, if the mediums did go off, uh, sooner than the 15 or so laps that was left in the race, despite the, favorable conditions for those tires to hang in there uh, okay okay so <laughs> yeah. i think they're on and and i did um jimmy sent me a, an interview with toto wolf from a harvard business class where they were talking about what it's like to lead a team like in an organization like that is you know there are very few sporting organizations that are as successful as the mercedes-benz f1 team and Toto was talking about the process um, of, of of being in a difficult era, of being in the losing thing. And he says that when you are down, it you have to remind yourself how bad being down feels. Because, you know, by the time... And this was recorded before they had won the 1-2 in Brazil. Yeah. He was saying you, you start to get a P2 or a P3 or get on the podium after not being on the podium or not even having a concept of what the podium would be. And you're like, Oh, this feels good. And you have to say, no, P2 doesn't feel good. P2 feels bad. It's terrible because we're P1 people. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and he talked about that culture, the winning culture at Mercedes. And he says that, and, and, and you've probably heard him say this again that uh, uh, before is that formula one is physics, not mystics. Mm. And that, there is an answer. There is a problem. And he said, we had to strip back to find where we made the fault. And he said, it was our ride height. And he says, why didn't we see? Why with all of our, our, our sophisticated wind tunnels and all, this, all, the, all of the equipment at our disposal, did we, were we not able to see this problem? And he said, we just, it was like an onion. When we thought we had it, there was another layer to it. And mm-hmm. we went down and there was another layer. And he said, you have to, but we committed and we couldn't go back. And so we, we had to keep pushing forward. 
And I think that they did make a very clear, like you look at their trajectory and they, they did have an overall uptrending season and it, they did fall short of their goal, obviously. But I think when you look at the standings and you look at the, the, the points that they were only, you know, 515 to 554, like I didn't think that they would be this close to Ferrari in the end. I didn't think we'd be it, talking it, about the, in the early in the season, yeah. the trajectory didn't look good at all. So I think it was a disappointment, and I think that's what Toto was saying, is that they're going to view P3 and the, and the constructors as a huge miss coming from P1, obviously. And they want that, but he said, he said our rivals should fear when we have seasons like this and races like this and days like this because we're learning the lessons from this. Oh, and well, yeah, I and think you compare that kind of mental mentality and ethos to like what I alluded to with Ferrari, where they're like, "Oh yeah, no, uh, P two is always our our target for this season. <laughs> we're we, you know stop putting this pressure on us to be be winning, even though we have the fastest car at the starting the season. You know, like don't, don't no no no. And our and our our primary driver qualifies first nine mm, out of the twenty. The, you know, yeah, like a bunch, and uh, um, yeah. But in in and we do want to talk about this because we were going to talk about Ferrari later on, anyways. But it 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 does come down to culture of the team, and you know, there's a lot of rumors that uh, Benito is is out, and and I don't think that that's the right case. We watched a really great race video about this, and Scott Mitchell Mom uh, pointed this out: is that you're not ever going to become a Mercedes with these antiquated old school formula one mentality of the second somebody messes up they're out of there because you're not going to get big risky technology and leaps and jumps if you're afraid to try something because you know a, a, a mediocre result that was within the realm of what they were expecting keeps your job but a big miss that hope that if it would have landed would have been you know, Titanic of, of moving the team forward, yeah. but you're afraid to make the move yeah. because your job's in the risk. Right. And, and Toto brought that up. He says, no one, no one this year was going to lose their job. Nobody thought they were going to lose their job. That's not the mentality that we want to have, but we need to be able, I need to be able to go to my engineers and say, you're, you're, you're missing. We're, we're not performing where we should. Right. Okay. Well, that's my job to tell you, that we need to do better. Yeah. Like I'm not going to fire you, but I need to stand here and tell you that you're, we're missing the mark and we can sit there and analyze why we're missing the mark and look at it. I think that's what they're saying when he says it's physics. Well, not right. It's, and when you have there is that, an answer, well, and when you have that, um, when you have that thought process, you, you tend to say, okay, our system is jacked up, not our individual not you. you. Uh, and so, um, because there is an answer, we know there's an answer. We That is our culture, and we are relying on the team to come up with a solution. Well, and I think that's that's also glaringly different than Mercedes and Ferrari, as you and say. That's, I guess, oh, we don't know. There's no problem. Well, you blew the strategy, and you guys lost the race. Well, that's a problem. And if you can't even name it as a problem, then how are you ever going to find the solution to the problem? Right. And they, that, yeah, they, that's right. They just wouldn't ever admit to, hey, we really messed this up. But uh, I guess it's kind of now we're going back to stereotypes. 
you know, the German logical step-by-step and the emotional Italian, you But know? it's, yeah, I mean, but it's also, it's also played out. We've seen it, it's been demonstrated, and you look at what that kind of ethos gets you, it gets you a team in an organization like Mercedes-Benz, and then you look at Red Bull, or you look at Ferrari, and yeah, Ferrari, Ferrari has more world champions on, like but, underneath their belts, but it's a but, long, long, lot more time that they accumulated those wins, and there's been a lot more years in between them. Yes. And, well, and then, I mean, there is a certain mentality of expectation from Ferrari. It just hasn't been very in the front no. for quite a while. And I, think, and I think, can you imagine going into your job every day wondering if this is the day you get the pink slip, you yeah. know, and you don't, you can't put all your effort into actually coming up with a good solution or, or how to um, create a, an improved culture of leadership to motivate the people who look up to you for that leadership to make it right, fix it. Um, yes, we we're, we're I'm for sure we're going to talk more about this on the on the season recap episode. So let's let's get back on track here. Yeah. Um, but uh, to George Russell, I mean, I, you didn't have anything else to say about Carlos Sainz, right? No. Okay. I think Carlos Sainz is an asset, though. And I said it last race, and I think he's going to be phenomenal next year. I'm I'm putting my my eggs in that basket right now. But um, George Russell, another outstanding season for George Russell. Um, he got his win. I mean, this is his fifth. <laughs> like, I think, I think they said Norris. We're going to talk about Norris next, but Norris has, had come in seventh so many times this season. Sorry, guys. That uh, he was planning on changing his. He, he's talking about changing his number to seven because he came in seventh so many times. <laughs> and by by that logic, George Russell should change his his number to to five because he's. I think he's come in P five so many times this season. Um, but you know, Mister Consistency. I think he's. I think he's. He's really, really. You know, people. He was always this. You know, rising star and locked at Williams for so long and. And and boy, I think he 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 took every doubt out of everybody's mind if he was going to perform and how well he was going to perform at Mercedes and at, at a top team. And yeah. I would say, even as a fan of Botas, like it it, I don't think Botas would have had the season that Russell had in the same car. I have a I have a hard time envisioning that too, especially seeing how Botas' season played out. Um, but. I I I I don't have a a real good uh, um opinion of George. Like I don't he he's kind of like vanilla ice cream to me. He's like he he serves a very good purpose for a certain thing. Yeah. But he I think based on the season that he 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 had the season, he's without a doubt deserving of the of the drive he has and he's delivering and he's even he's even exceeded I think you know, what, what we were expecting. Well, and then he's, I mean, he's such a stark difference of personality compared to Lewis. Lewis recognizes the, his persona. He recognizes the importance of involving the fan. He realized the importance of acknowledging team effort. And George just kind of, is quiet about it. It seems. I think he. I, I think he's. Is he just? 
Yeah, I'm still. Maybe, I don't, maybe I don't it'll know. come on later. Maybe he'll pick it up. I just don't think he has much of a personality. <laughs> like, I think he's... <laughs> we need to have Matty Opati. I, I think, you know, some, some of the other people that I've heard talk about George is that he's almost, he's like, this has been his his path the whole time. Like, this is what he's wanted his whole life. And, and he's he plays the perfect racing driver. Like, if you, if you he's a typecast of what a sponsor's dream of what a formula one driver is he's and for that he's not very interesting at least to me he always it always seems robotic almost or or like like he just is too well media trained he there's none of those moments that like i i don't i don't think i I don't know george yeah you know like i don't i don't have a sense he's he's not a ricardo he's not a norris he's not a, a a science he doesn't even even he's not even bad like Max. He doesn't make me not like him. <laughs> you know, it's it's like I I all I can say is he's a, he did a fantastic job. He outscored Lewis Hamilton. Like there is, I think there's two drivers that have ever done that, right? Two like, or I think it was Ricardo one year or um, Rosberg, and right. I think uh, Button did it one. I mean, and you look at that's pretty rarefied air mm-hmm. that George is already done in his first attempt at it and yeah there, i think you know we can put it put an asterisk next to that because lewis was taking more risks earlier on in the season with car setup that probably cost him points gathering but also lewis made some errors that cost him points yes yeah. specifically and that's uncharacteristic of lewis as well chief among that comes to mind is spa and his crash with alonzo mm. but mm. um on merit as as best as we can say, George outscored Lewis Hamilton. Like yeah. he can always yeah. have that on his rook on his debut in an, in a in a top team. Yeah. You know, yes, it, and it's uh, I don't know. It just makes for an interesting. I don't know. It's, we always say this. I wonder what next year will bring with these kinds of results, and um, uh, but you can't take anything away from George Russell. As Absolutely. far as performing, and maybe he'll kind of loosen up a little bit or whatever, because we all are looking. I mean, there's so much drama in this maybe. sport. We always look for something to kind of pin on somebody that just makes him stand out. That's what I'm saying. Is though he's not like I, he gets he gets lumped in with Leclerc because of the way he performed in the junior categories and stuff, but. Maybe that's the thing he's always been lacking is personality or something to like really make people want to have him around. Mm. I think he's too. I don't know. We'll see what next we'll year see. brings. We'll see. He's... I mean, we see personalities and maturities evolve in all the racers that we followed for so many years. And it's just kind of cool to see will somebody evolve somebody or will they not? And I just wish I was following Formula One back, you know, Jim Clark days. You can yeah. go back and watch him. The one thing I will say that the one moment I really did like George, if I can remember the one moment I really did like him, was back when when they when he scored when they scored the first points for Williams and he started tearing up. And and that's one thing I will say that that I do recognize about George. Just, no one can tell you that George Russell doesn't care about what he's doing. Mm. And he, he, he's demonstrated that with his determination and, he, you know, but I do remember, like, I want to see more of that. That didn't seem fake. You know, he was, he was genuinely so moved 
that he scored points for the team. When it, and it meant so much to the team back then. It still does every time they score points. But that, that I, I will be fair and say that, that that's the one moment I can think of where I didn't see this kind of robotic... Well, and perfectly again, manicured racing driver. But let's see what the future. This is, is what yeah. yeah. This is what F one does to you. It's like golly, what will what will be different? Well, I mean, like, because year. because you are one of twenty, so yeah. you you. I mean, you're any moment you're there. People are looking. At, a no. lot of people are looking, and so give us something. Uh, and another person who has had a fantastic season. And uh, another, you know, standout race, we just talked about it, you know, so many times he's been above where his teammates been or above where the car should be. Um, Lando Norris with just another race. And again, this was a, he was almost, it was like a Max Verstappen style race in the fact that he didn't, I don't think he saw another car for half that race um, because he had a 20 second gap to Russell and then he had a, a, another almost minute gap to Ocon or something <laughs> toward the end there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I don't, I mean, Norris, I just can't wait for for Norris to be in a car that is worthy of what I think Norris's level is. Well, and I don't know. I just get this feeling that McLaren is on to something. And, I really hope and because... That, uh, you know, it's it's going to take a leap soon. Yeah, I don't know if next year, but I just got. I this think they gut say that they they them. say they still have two years. They really yeah, think. Yeah, based on those kinds of statements, but also just who but they you, are. You never McLaren know. McLaren, and I mean, talk about having the facilities. Uh, I mean, they've just upgraded so much. Yeah. On their team, and ah, you just you just kind of wonder. Yeah, you do. Um, another another driver that I think flies under the radar, but um, well, I guess we probably should. Well, we're going to talk about we'll talk about Alpine right now because we're there. But Esteban Ocon, P seven, again, another guy who just quietly racks up points. Um, he, I don't have a lot to say because there wasn't a lot to say, but. Because I didn't, we didn't see much of his race, but his results speak for themselves. Uh, Ninety-two points, eighth in the world, eighth in the uh, drivers' championship. Um, but he definitely would have and should have come far behind Fernando Alonso with just eighty-one points. But Alonso had four DNFs that we know of, not to mention all the plethora of bad luck that befalled uh, Fernando Alonso. Um, and again, this would have this was his fourth DNF. Alonso would have been finishing up above Ocon, I do believe, um, but he had a DNF to uh, a water water pump again, which it seems like this is the third or fourth time that it's been the water pump, and it's like, guys, figure it out. Like, yeah, how do you keep retiring the car for the same issue? But we should we'll we'll talk about that again more in the in the season recap episode. Um, Lance Stroll, um, I think he had some pretty, pretty decent drive, pretty good moves. Uh, he passed Vettel, <laughs> um, which, uh, actually is a, a nice little tee up to our, our, our moment with Martin mm. because it came right at that moment. So here's your moment with Martin. Sebastian Vettel out of the world championship points at this stage. They only hand out the sweeties at the end, of course, of the Grand Prix. <laughs> so 
some time. They only hand out the sweeties at the end of the race. That was right mm-hmm. when uh, uh, Stroll passed Vettel, Vettel, knocking him out of the top 10. But Vettel did claw his way back up into the top 10, uh, getting that final world championship point. But we're going to talk about that in just a second because we have to say farewell to Mr. Daniel Ricciardo for now, potentially forever. He did he did get in the points. Uh, just just a four spots behind or three spots behind his teammate. Um, probably not the best way Ricardo wanted to leave potentially his last drive in a formula one car. Um, but it was at least scoring the points and it wasn't one of those finishes where he's down in 16, 17, 18 with the Williams that he had many times this year. Um, but it has been confirmed and there was many talks about where or what, uh, Ricardo was going to do next year, but it, it looks like he will be a reserve driver, the a reserve driver for Red Bull. That's that, right, Red Bull, the team this, he left four this, years ago. Is this that adage that what goes around or what goes around comes around? I, I mean, he is Australian. <laughs> There's something in Australia that does that, right? I don't know. A, 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 a boomerang? Oh, yeah, boomerang. <laughs> I, I saw one of the best memes about this where it was when you leave when you leave Red Bull because you don't want to become the second driver and you come back to become the third driver. <laughs> yes. Um so it seems like he's really it's I think he's only gonna the, the details really haven't been released yet, but it's something like he'll only actually be at six races and he'll actually be utilized for a lot of like press events, which is actually a really great thing for ricardo i mean he is still oh yeah he's in the top five most famous drivers in the sport right now Mm -hmm. it's just that his performance isn't matching his actual fame of just him as a personality but you know so they'll be doing you know he'll be one of the guys doing the show car things for events for red bull and he'll be the reserve driver but he actually will get simulator time in the red bull Mm -hmm. simulator um Maybe he'll get a, a a practice session or something. There's some testing, a Pirelli testing day or something. Yeah, I'd be curious um, to see when the when the testing in Barcelona comes up. Uh, what what will be his role there? I mean, they they do have have two other drivers. Excuse me, that will be doing the that they call it the grunt work of um, testing stuff. But um, yeah, they look like they're 13. Yeah, um, so. That we have, we have that. So I guess you know he just really needs. I think he he says it. He needs a year out. He needs a year out of the car. And like you have to think about. He's like I'm not really that bummed to be missing a 24 race calendar. Like uh, testing starts in February. Let's remember that we mm-hmm. we have a really short off season. Um, but I think you know get his head right. I think I think you know a lot of people think that that Daniel has more to offer and isn't, isn't done. And I think he really thinks that, but it's got to take some time to come back and maybe a year out not being kicked around by a a much younger, much faster driver in the same car. Uh, Let's see what that can do for him. And I I definitely would like to see, see Ricardo return, but um, it's up, it's up in the air right now. And at least he won't be, he'll be around and we'll still see him. He won't be completely gone. But I don't know if being a reserve driver is really the best role, the best way back in. Um, 
but he must feel that way, and I'm sure he has a lot more insight than I do yeah. <laughs> into his career and his life. Um, but I'm, I'm glad we'll still at least see him around. Yeah. It's not like... On the other hand, our next driver... We will not. We will not see in a car. And I, I, I do, you know, we, there's a lot of, you know, talks and jokes about, well, when you come back and, and stuff, but it I will say it does feel different than than when, you know, Raikkonen retired for the first time mm-hmm. or when when Alonzo went away. Like, I, I really I really think Seb's, Seb's leaving the sport. And that's, that is a, it is a sad thing, actually. And I, I'll say that as somebody who wasn't always a Vettel fan. Right. Um, but. There's he, somebody whose personality really. Has really. And, really and, uh, blossomed. So. Uh, and he's just, just. I mean, he did a he did a lot for the sport. Mm-hmm. He really did. He, he's a great driver. He's a fantastic driver. But he's he's got different priorities now. I think his family is really foremost in his mind, in his heart now, and then he's his causes. His activism work. And yeah, and so he's a different guy now, and yeah. he realizes it, and he knows that his passions lie elsewhere, and you can't be a you can't be a great driver. It was so telling. Like, if you want an insight to what a mind of a race driver is, though, mm. it was last couple laps, and he's sitting in the car talking to his engineer, and he says, how could we have gotten the strategy so wrong, guys? Uh-huh. You know? And he was like, he, he's gone. A matter of minutes, he's stepping out of the car for the last, last time, time yeah. and he's done. And But, like, there is that the brain that you can't turn off. Mm-hmm. And that, that was very much highlighted there is that, that's how you get to be a world champion and a mm-hmm. multi-world champion is you can't not do good. Like you can't turn that off. Right. Like intellectually, yes, he must have known he's gone. This is it. But he's still sitting there going, what the hell, guys? I wanted <laughs> to go out better than this. Yeah. <laughs> and I we didn't talk much about qualifying, but I do want to talk about it now with Vettel because that was a fantastic qualifying performance that Vettel had. He just drove the crap out of that. He put that car at the very limit of where it was going to be in. And uh, I think it was, what, P9? Yeah. He qualified. Yeah, I just brought it up. It's P9. And uh, it was really cool. And it was really cool to see the paddock. Um, you know, the whole drivers come together. Everybody was wearing a Donka, Donka Seb. And he was wearing yeah. a Donka F1 shirt. Did you did you pick up on that? Yeah. And, you know, to see his dad in orbit there just seemed like such a cool guy. You know, but the cool thing is, I think, and the thing that really makes me think that his retirement is to stay is his perspective that he left with. Like when he did get to say something at the end during the Mm. post-race interviews, he says, this is silly. Like, this is a silly thing. We're just driving around in circles and we all love it. And it is something to love and to be passionate about. But, but there's a whole world out there and I'm, I'm ready to go do the other stuff now. Mm. And I think that that perspective is what really... You know, when he says he's gone, he's gone. But we'll see. I mean, maybe he'll come back. He'll get to drive for Suzuka like he wants. And we'll get to see him every year at Suzuka. Um, but it was a it, w- it was a it was a good career. I don't think it's the way he wanted it to end. Um, but. Um, Not the front runners. Were, it was just really nothing. Yeah. To uh, take notice of. But boy, there was some great racing this year. And this race did the same thing so like you said it did kind of sum up the year uh, as it was as it played out yeah 
Um, so that that's that's the the um, last race recap done and dusted there. But we will have, um, like I alluded to, a season recap episode um, with our very very special returning guest Jimmy Reed and um, Maddie O'Patty and me and Pops. Um, so stay tuned for that. That should be coming here not too long. And uh, we do have some really fun stuff planned for this very short off season that we have to to keep you guys um, fed with your content and and Formula One news. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of news and developments that will come out. Yeah, because I think me personally, I'm kind of I feel short in the understanding of the history of Formula One and. knowing the old drivers and that kind of thing. Um, so I'm kind of interested in that, but maybe open it up to the listening Yeah, if you guys to, have, have questions or something that you'd like to hear from us, please feel free to leave it in the comments yeah. on Instagram. or Because um, as we've done this this year, I've really felt, what am I doing this? I, <laughs> I, it's like, like I know Jack when it comes to... Well, we never, we never claim to know anything. Yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> but, but I want to, and and uh, but without it being overpowering, like you know, all these little minutia things about racing from the past or the present, um, to where it just kind of like that's not important. Yeah. To people, our goal is to get people excited, as we have become excited about yeah. looking at Formula One racing as a really a awesome sport with incredible entertainment and uh, excitement and we would like people to experience that too yeah and we have um, some we have some really cool stuff planned that we're not going to release yet or let you know yet but just know to to stay tuned is that, and, and is we that won't code go quiet for, is that code for we're not sure yet what we're doing no no <laughs> okay, no you we've know talked, we have, we've we've talked. i gotta leave them tasting okay tasting one more so uh yeah stay tuned if you're not subscribed already please subscribe it does mean a lot it boosts us um gets us more views and gets more people listening and joining our community um but big thanks we're you know, we're still just figuring this out. It's going to be about 30-something episode, and we're still, I still feel like we're just figuring it yeah. out. So stay tuned. We're, 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 we're just still having so much fun, and we're so thankful for all of you guys who have tuned in all of this time. Um, and we have so much to look forward to next year, the longest F1 season ever. Um, so, yeah, uh, thanks again, and, and we'll see you real soon. Right on.